Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. Boy, and y'all can follow that timer pretty good. You guys were just like calming down, waiting for lights to dim or something crazy to happen. Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. Let's take a minute and wave to those on Facebook that are watching. I know Raleigh has already chimed in. So we'll say hey to Raleigh this morning. Welcome him into our fellowship, even though he can't be here physically. In fact, uh, this week, I know Raleigh, uh, sorry, Barb, um, had a bout with cellulitis. So a lot, we have a lot going on in our church body by way of physical uh, ailments. But we are here on purpose today. So grateful that we're able to meet. We've had a lot of activity, a lot of uh, committed life had activity this week, new life, a lot of activity. And back with us today, although I don't see her right this moment, oh, there she is, Anna is with us today. Anna McKeeson back there, yep. We, uh, she is a spirited one right there. Hard to keep her down. We had to make her stay home for two weeks and she still didn't do it. So, uh, but we're glad to have Anna here. She brings a lot, so much energy and uh, excitement. We're grateful when we're able to come together. So today is, uh, we will be, of course, honoring the Lord in uh, worshiping him through the reading of his word, the studying of his word. We're going to be in Galatians a little bit more. I'll explain that when we get there. I made a promise um, uh, individually, but also as a church body. Our leadership is uh, the promise that I want to share with you is this. If you will come hungry for the word, we'll teach the word. We'll always teach the word. It's up to you to come desiring the word desiring the relationship, desiring the walk with the Lord. And he speaks to us primarily through his word. If you'll come with that hunger, we'll deliver. We will teach the Bible straight through. And we're excited about that. We're not ashamed of that. But we're seeing, we're, we are seeing more of a gravitation, how our culture is like. We, even other Christians are, are around us are going, we, it's, we want a church that just teaches the Bible. Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. We'll do our best with it. I also wanted to let you know by way of today, uh, at the end of service, or in conjunction with, I should say, we are going to have about a five-minute informational meeting only. There's no, no minutes to take, just information as it relates to our uh, finances here. Five-minute, um, in fact, it'll just continue on at the end of service. Probably won't even take that break as we share information and what God uh, how he's delivered, and I'm, uh, I'm gonna lie, I'm pretty wound up about it. So you'll be seeing that in just a little bit. But let us bow and ask God to meet us right now. He he doesn't have to. He doesn't he doesn't have to do anything that we tell him to do or ask him to do, but he does. So we come to him by faith. Let's bow. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to be in your presence today. You've given us that opportunity. Now, what are we going to do with it? Are we here? Are we mailing it in? Are we here in spirit? Are we here in body but not in spirit? Lord, all these things come to the forefront of our hearts today as we navigate through life. But we have been able to look at Cross Point Baptist Church and see your, your moving, your, your, your thumbprint in our lives and your guiding and fulfilling promises to us. So thank you for, again, for giving us the availability through Jesus Christ. Thank you for indwelling the believer 
with your you, Holy Spirit, that is doing a work, I just pray that we would work with you and not against you. Let us leave today encouraged and uplifted only because we will have met with you, read your word, and dealt with our spiritual business. That's the only way we're going to leave here with joy. We could entertain with, and we could leave here happy, but we would rather leave here with joy. Be our God, we'll be your people. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be in prayer for the praise team this morning, known as the Three Amigos. <laughs> the Three Amigos, that's us. Good morning. Would you stand as we worship our Savior this morning? Nothing but the blood.
ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to collect the offering. A verse of scripture that was a great encouragement to me this morning as I was reading. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. What an encouragement that verse is. That verse is the gospel in a single verse. Jesus Christ came to this earth on a rescue mission, we had the, uh, the youth activity last night, the monster hunt, and I had the opportunity to present the gospel uh, to, to boys and girls there to tell them that Jesus didn't just come into the world to perform miracles and feed people and heal the sick. Uh, he came to save sinners of whom I am chief. So we can celebrate that today. The offering that we're collecting is to be able to deliver that message to a lost and dying world that desperately needs Jesus Christ. So with that, let's pray. We'll collect the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, we wouldn't even be able to pray to you today. We wouldn't be able to approach your throne. 
but with him, Lord, we have power to live a life that's pleasing to you. I pray that Cross Point Baptist Church will continue to be a, a light and a salt to this world to share the gospel with every creature, to preach it boldly without apology, to see souls saved and lives changed through the power of your word and your spirit through your son. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And indeed, it is good to be here this morning. I did not know, Brad, that you did a devotion at the, at the New Life Monster Hunt last night. That's good. That's pretty late for you, actually. They stayed out pretty late. But the, uh, we have a lot of uh, information. You know, some, you heard me say this for the last couple of weeks. There's so much we want to share when we meet together because um, we're, we're invested in each other's lives that um, by the time I get everybody caught up, we tend to... We forget why we're here. Why are we here? It's to give our attention, our focused attention, to our God through Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure to keep that at the forefront. At the same time, we are a church body. And this is the, uh, uh, and a platform to be able to share the needs and concerns of each other. You uh, was able to share earlier about Anna. So Anna's here with us today. We're excited about, about Anna being in our presence. And... Um, as we think about church family, there's so many this week that have been in and out of the hospital, and some are still in, in and out of the hospital. I went and made three hospital visits and saw nobody. They were, I made the effort. I was there at the hospital, but they were doing other things. Uh, so we have a great need right now in our church body, and that is to come alongside each other. Amen? So when you see these concerns come across our crosstalk, make sure to diligently, faithfully take the time to Lift these in prayer. Uh, we have excitement, things to be excited about. And we want, as we talk about each other's lives, make sure to uh, say happy birthday to Maureen Taylor at some point this week. She turns, she's doing like this to me, like don't mention it. Uh, uh, but she has uh, a special day coming up, so make sure we honor her. And, you know, I, I don't, what's that? I do, but... Yours is first. Yours is yours. Yours is 26. No, I said what date, not how old you are. I wasn't going there. I wasn't going there, Maureen. <laughs> now, pray for Maureen's hearing as well. But, uh, and I'll tell you another interesting, you guys uh, in, in our church family, uh, we've had weddings, we've had... Carl and I's anniversary was yesterday. Yeah, 34 years. And I bought her a, oh, well, now. Yeah. Don't I just feel special? Um, but you can, you know, we laugh, and, but this is serious. I went, spared no expense on the gift. I bought her a crock pot and a hoodie. And she was happy. It's the gift that keeps giving. She couldn't have been happier. Today, uh, toward the end of service again, I don't, wanna, I, want you to, I don't want you focusing on these things as of yet. But I'm excited over faithful members of Cross Point Baptist Church. I'm excited with biblical principles lived out, and you're going to see the fruit of that in a little bit. I, I, and that's just not a facade. This, I am genuinely, I am so excited 
over what I'm, I'm able to share. Now, there's some work to be done. There's always work to be done. We still have work to do. As I was thinking and in, in, in preparing for today, there, there's a portion of Scripture that we're coming up on in our Wednesday night study in the book of Galatians. Our Wednesday themes are epistle-focused. The letters of the New Testament, we're being focusing in on those. And it's out of the book of Galatians, chapter 4. In fact, you can go ahead and turn there. I want to speak for a moment to those that are a part of our Wednesday night study of Galatians. We are um, at chapter um, 4. But as I was thinking about today, what I wanted to share was chapter 4, verse 8 and following. And then I realized, well, I can't do that and because you got to uh, understand... Verses 1 through 7. So now I'm in a pickle and I'm thinking, well, if I, if I share 1 through 7, those that aren't here, that are usually here on Wednesday, are going to be, they're not going to miss, they're going to miss some of it. Um, so I prayed on it and decided to do it anyways. So um, I, again, my goal is to get to verse 8 today. But I am also reminded of this, that this is the word of God. And if you look at, actually, if you look in verse 8, my Bible has a subheading and it says, fears for the church. And that's what I wanted to share with us today. Fears for the church. Now we are told not to be fearful. In fact, in faithful life, this morning we read in Romans chapter 8, we are more than conquerors. If you're a conqueror, you don't need to be fearful. Amen? Come on now. If you are a more than conquerors in Christ, why would you be fearful? Well, it's all about human nature. We get... We get we get spooked because we, when we take our eyes off of what we know to be true, the word of God, and onto what we see, touch, and feel, you're going to be fearful. We walk by faith, not by sight. Galatians chapter 4 is where I want us to look today, and we're going to work our way there. One, now you already heard me share a promise to, this, to you, and anyone listening on Facebook... Is this if you will come hungry for the word we will teach the word well, it may not be what you want at that time but we're going to we're going to do our best to stay in that lane to teach the word <clears throat> another promise i will share with you is this we will guard the word of god here at cross point baptist church we guard it in other words if someone wants to come in and try to teach or um sneak in here a doctrine other than what we know to be in the Word of God. We're going to call it out. We're going to check it out. Now, you may think, well, I grew up this way, and I'm still trying to learn it. Welcome. Come on. It's all good. Let's have the conversations. We're not going to throw you out. But we will guard the Word. And here's why. Because if we get wrong here, it all falls apart. It will crumble. Your life will crumble. This church will crumble. And we'll be, we do not want to become one of the apostate. We won't of which Christ died. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Do you believe that? Yes. I'm going to build it. You're going to mess it up, but I'm going to build it. Yes. That, that, that's, he, he's going to build it. And I've learned to put faith in what his words, more specifically. Galatians chapter 4, this area that we're going to be covering um, of the text, 
is this letter was written to an area of Galatia. Why was it written? Because this is a church. It's a church that was growing. It's a church that had the foundation of Jesus Christ. They're rocking and rolling because they gave their life to him. And he's going, he's in their life and they're, they're, they're learning, they're walking. Some of the Jewish believers are, are, are trying to figure out the law. Others of the Gentile believers, man, they're coming from paganism and a whole melting pot of people. They're trying to figure out how does this thing work? What do I do next? It's like, I'm saved. What do I do next? I read a book once, a little booklet. I still have it. It says, what do you do once you're saved? And it gave 34 things you need to do. And they were practical. They were, I'm not uh, opposing the book, but at the same time, I would say this. Number one, I'm saved. What do I do next? You enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you have a connection to the creator, that you have heaven as a home. You have instruction now on how to live this life. Now that I'm saved, what do I do next? Enjoy it, baby. Just relax. Let him do a work in your life. Are you guys with me today? I woke up tired and dragging, and now I'm all keyed up, and you all look like you're tired and dragging. <laughs> Let's let the word speak to heart. Well, this is what had happened here is this, this church was, it started, it's there, and, and it's a melting pot of people, and then, and then Paul's not there any longer. It has leadership, but then Judaizers, a different group, those that tried to make these new believers, they like, you got to be, Israel before you can be a Christian. Well, I've covered this over the last couple of weeks, even on Sunday, that that's not at all. It's mis misusing, misappropriating what the Old Testament is for. I want to share to this. He, Paul takes three approaches to show the Galatians that all they need is Jesus Christ. That's all you need. I want you to think about that and really let those words sink deep into your heart do you believe them today are you living that out today Galatians chapter 4 and again we'll start in verse 1 he explains their adoption can I tell you something that I've seen with my own two eyes that I think is the most beautiful thing one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and witnessed my years walking on this earth it's watching families of adoption it, 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 is, it is the most beautiful thing. We've had, um, oh, I could go story after story of what I've witnessed with my own eyes, of, of words that I've heard children say to the judge and in the courtroom when they're being adopted and it becomes official. We even had that scenario right here where we set it up. It was during COVID and um, it, it's, it's a special, special moment. We, you and I are adopted into God's family. What are, what are we talking about? What's he talking about here? Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. He says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from, at all from the slave, though he is a master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Can I pause there at the end of verse 2 and let you know this? We look at what's going on in Israel. I think committed life, even, did you start today talking about kind of what's going on? Here's another thing I want to encourage you to know as a church body, but also want to speak to the leadership. As we talk about what's going on in Israel right now, the world, start with the Bible and work our way out. We're not going to start with the news and work our way back to the Bible. 
Start with the Bible and work our way. We're not going to regurgitate news headlines and all that. We want to go from here and to, to, to what, what we're seeing and how to assimilate, how to work all that. We were talking about it in Faithful Life. Like, how does all this work? We go here first. That's another promise we want to make. But everything that happens is until the time appointed by the Father. You know what that means? You know what that means? He's in complete control. He's in complete control. Everyone else is panicking and on fire and the world's on fire. And by the way, you think, well, how can you say he's in control and let all these travesties happen? You know, this is what happens to a world, dare I even say a country, that would say we don't want anything to do with God. You do not want God's hand off of your life or your country. You don't want that. that that's what it looks like. It's evil. You don't need any help being evil but Christ. In the appointed time, he sent Christ. In the appointed time, the Holy Spirit interrupted your life. Who? In the grace of God. You once were enemy. Did you hear the song we were singing? We once were enemy to God. Enemy. We were evil. Why? You think, I'm a good dude. I'm, I'm good. What are you talking about? I'm evil. The Bible says apart, we are depraved. There's nothing good in us in and of ourselves. You can mask it a certain way. By the way, isn't that, is that not what the devil does? The great deceiver, the accuser? Does he not mask as an angel of light? In the appointed time, he interrupted our lives. The Holy Spirit did a work in our heart, convicted our heart. We replied to the gospel message. Oh, that's grace. That's an intervention, a divine intervention in your life. If you're a believer today, you need to be thanking the Lord for that, for interrupting your life. Sometimes our lives get interrupted and we get frustrated. Oh, be grateful for that one. Life changing. Verse 3. Even so we, when we were children... We're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Verse 6. And because you, you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Ooh, that's good stuff. I'm, I'm in a hurry to get to verse 8. Why? I need to pump the brakes on that one. We are adopted into God's family, but not like the adoption that you see of a child. It's different than that. We believers are adopted by regeneration. That's an important word. Because we're born again, John 3, 3, is how we're adopted in. That's, that's important. A big distinction there. A spiritual endeavor on our, God, on our Lord's part. The New Testament word for adoption is this. This is what the word adoption means. To place as an adult son. To place as an adult son. Which, now we understand the, the, the proper rendering in the Greek really makes the rest of the scripture come alive. That's how we become heirs. 
We have privileges of sonship and daughtership. We are the children. We are children. In verses 1 through 3, we notice that we are children in bondage. Verse 1 and 2, I want you to think about this. Wealthy children are cared for by slaves going back in history. They were cared for by slaves. Now we say that heir, as long as he is a child, he's not different at all from a slave, though he is a master of all, but is under the guardian and stewardship until the appointed time by the father. A child could have enjoyed the wealth, even though he was no different than a slave. The servant was uh, commanded by the master of the house. The child was commanded by the servant. I mean, like, why are you going back in this weird culture day? Because that's where they were living. See, you know what we do? We take 2023 culture and we try to go to the Bible and try to make it. How's that work? I challenge you when you read the scripture, go to that culture and work your way to 2023. It'll make the scripture, the application and the interpretation of, it'll make it come alive a little bit more. Slavery was a way of the world back then. It was way more prevalent. By the way, it's still going on today. Not in America per se, but it's still going on today in this world. Just because you don't see it don't mean it ain't happening. It's still going on today. And there's all different forms of slavery as well, I would also add. Don't stereotype it. But when we understand what the scripture is telling us here, we get to verse 3. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. This was a spiritual condition that Israel, the Jews, were under the age of the law. You know what we learned in chapter 3? That the law can never outdo the promise. There was a promise of Jesus Christ. There was a promise of the Messiah who was to come. And when you try to put the law above the promise, you're going to fall short every time. You know why? It becomes a work. And works will fall short. But the promise, and that's what they were doing to this body of believers. They're going, you got to do this. You got to do, you got to go back to the, the law in order to become a Christian. And that's not true. They were making it, they were perverting grace with the work. The law was the guardian to prepare for Christ. In fact, let's do that. Let's look in verses 23 through 25 of chapter 3. Go to Galatians 3, just a couple verses forward, uh, backwards from chapter 4. Look in verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the guardian of the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. And it's all going to make sense in verse 23 is what he's saying at the end. Therefore, the law was a tutor, a schoolmaster. For what purpose? To bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith, not by works. Not by how good you are, but by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under that law. Law had its purpose. It had its time. Now, it doesn't say ignore the law today. We believe in the full counsel of God's word. Amen? In its proper context. In its proper context. Hey, teenagers, can I speak to you for a moment? If we went by Old Testament law and y'all act up, y'all to see what we could do to you. It ain't good. It ain't good. 
Be grateful for the grace of the New Testament. Under the elements, the principles of, of, of what the, the, the word's saying here, the basic principles under the elements, just the law brought us to the Messiah. I don't want to get off on a tangent here. Did you know that Israel, right now, 2023, they're looking for their Messiah? They're, they're, they're looking like, this is it. This is, they're like, he, he's going to come. Don't look, but they're still looking for the Messiah like the Old Testament was looking for the Messiah. They were looking for that political, military leader. But the Savior's already came. The Savior is the Messiah. By the way, when we read Revelation, he will be a military, political leader. But first, he's the Savior, the Son of God, who made a connectivity between us and our Father. Don't get me started on this, though. When Alpha and Omega come, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ, he'll take them by the high, he'll take us by the highest learning. He is the last word. I'm going to have on the screen, put Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. You can look, turn there if you like as well. I'm going to have them put it on the screen. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. I want you to see what scripture tells us here about that very point that he is God's last word. That is our savior. That's who we hold up as the apex of our church. The chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by, uh, by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also, also he made the worlds. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He finished the work. He didn't get us started and said, good luck. He finished the work. It is finished. He is God's last word, Alpha and Omega. By the way, when we read the back of the book where we win in the red letters, that's Jesus Christ. He wins on our behalf. When he comes back for that final battle, did you know when the saints had come with him? It, the, the scripture tells us they don't even do anything. We're raptured out. When he comes back, we're coming back mainly as spectators. Think about that. He does, he does the work. Why? Because he is the finished work. Uh, his finished work is the last work of God. Legalism to this people of Galatia, to this church, legalism was taking them back to kindergarten when Jesus Christ had been growing them all this far. Verse 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, it has a comma there. I'll pick up verse 5 in a second. But notice the fullness of time. When the world has 
has ready for the appointed time to receive the birth of the Savior. We really put a spotlight on this pretty good here at Christmas. When it was time. It's time. And watching how this worked in all roads that led to Bethlehem. Uh, you can, by the way, you can thank Rome for that. Rome provided the way for the Messiah, the Messiah, believe it or not, the birth of the Messiah. Rome is actually the one, the world is the one who kept peace at religious hostile times. Rome was the one who kept things calmed down, the world. You know what that tells us? That the world, the kings and the queens and the, uh, all powers that be on this earth are at God's bidding. I think I read that somewhere in the book of Psalms. Are you with me? He is in complete control. Paul sent out Jesus. Paul points out that Jesus' nature, both God and man, in verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, the divine nature. And look at the next line. Born of a woman. Well, there's a part there. It makes us go, well, yeah. That's human nature. Verse 4 gives us the when and the how. Verse 5 gives us the why. Look in verse 5. Why? To redeem those who are under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, you may be thinking right now, but that's not me per se. I'm not under the law. This was written to them at that time, right? I mean, we're Gentiles, so did we fit here? You'd be shocked at how much we rely on ourself and our good behavior, the law, in order to be in God's good, good graces. You'd be shocked by it. I, don't, I think we do it unbeknownst to ourselves, perhaps. But we have to be bought, back, uh, be bought back to set free by paying for. It's what that word redeemed means there. To set free by being paid for. You ever played Monopoly and been in jail? You pay that fee to get out of it, right? To be set free by paying for it. You can't pay for your own sin. Can't be done. You can't do it. What are you going to do? There's no plan B. Jesus Christ bought us back. Let that sink in. Scripture says it pretty clear in verse 5. To redeem those who were under a law. And by the way, that's pretty much all of us. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Now he's kind of speaking directly to Israel here, but it applies to us all. Verse 6 and 7. What, uh, what we are, we are sons and heirs. Verse 6 picks up and says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth his son, sent forth the spirit of, of his son into your hearts. Where? In your hearts. Say hearts. Into the center of your thinking and the center of your emotion. That is embedded deep in your heart. Because you are adopted and grafted in the spirit of his son. Let that sink in. Embedded in there. And that spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, in verse 6. Look in verse 7. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but now you are a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What, what are we talking about here? The Trinity is at work in verse 6. The Trinity is at verse work. How do we see it? God sent his son. His son, the, his son sent the spirit into your heart and was all by God's doing. 
we see them at work. We are partakers of that divine nature in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. The point is, the law could never do that. They could never do it. Only the promise could. Amen? Only the promise. We cling on to that promise because it's that promise is all that you have at the end of this thing. That's all you got. And these people were trying to creep in there and pervert. Would you agree with me that there's a perversion of the church in 2023 in America? We're shrinking in one area. We're shrinking. We're seeing small Bible believing, we're seeing Bible believing churches that, it, that once were sound in doctrine, we're seeing them shrink. You know what we're seeing pop up? Bigger, flashier groups of people that are using the name of Jesus. And I'm not, I don't, who's genuine and who's not? That's not my call. But it breaks my heart to watch what Bible believing churches get smaller and pragmatic, fancy. We can offer a lot and deliver little. Churches, and I use that in quotes, seem to be exploding. Why is that? Is it genuine? Is it not? It's hard. But you know what I love about our church? I love this aspect. Our lights are up. We're into the word. If you can't make a decision for Christ, if you've got to be drawn in by some eye candy, you're probably at the wrong place. Don't be drawn in by the eye candy. Some, it's, it's just, we're not trying to switch and bait. We want to simply share the love of Christ and the true salvation, how you can make your life, when it's all wrecked up, make it made right through that proper relationship. When a sinner accepts Christ, they receive the Holy Spirit within. This tells you that you are a child of God. Turn with me to Romans 8. Keep your finger there in Galatians. Turn with me to Romans 8. I was there earlier today. We're going to go to a different verses. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. You're going to like, man, Paul's a broken record. He just said this. Two different letters, two different people groups. Application remains the same. Romans 8, 15 is where we'll look, 15 to 16. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Remember how we opened by saying, if you're a believer today and you're more than a conqueror, why would you fear? If you're fearful today, it is not from God. He doesn't give the spirit of fear, but he does give the, of power, the spirit of a power and love and of a sound mind. But that's in 2 Timothy. Look what he's saying here. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Don't fear the law, but you receive the spirit of adoption. By whom we cry out. There's that term again, Abba Father. It's, a, it's an endearing term. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Listen to that. How are you saved? I know I'm saved. How do you know you're saved? Number one, I was there. Number two, the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm there. And I can't explain that any more than what the Scripture says. I can't. I think we could go through the room if I were to ask you, have you ever seen people that have made a decision for Christ and you like look at them, you're like, 
they have really are transformed. There's something about their look and something in their eyes and the way they carry themselves and the way they speak. I, I don't have any more other than what the scripture says here. But when your spirit is in connection with the spirit of God, it's, it's, it's like you know a secret that nobody else knows. It's like you know something that the rest of the world doesn't know. And some, some of the people will see that as arrogant. Like nobody can be that certain of themselves or of their religion or of their faith or of the church. And I say you can. I say you can. You can be that certain. In fact, Daryl showed me this verse. He pounds it on me. First, John, you can know that you're a child of God. You can know that you have heaven as your home. You can know it, that you're connected to your God. Because First John says so. Well, I don't know it. Well, catch up to the Bible. Get on your horse. Let's go. Catch up. If you can, he says you can know it and you don't, then uh, there's, there's a disconnect somewhere. This is assuring to the illiterate and those stranded by the language barrier as well. Go back to Galatians. Don't forget, as we're mentioning all these people groups, they're not all, these are people, foreigners. Not everybody's at the same education level. And some would even say, well, there's a barrier there. They can't understand. You don't, <laughs> listen, don't you dare put a limitation, your limitations on what God can do with any person on this earth. This is where the false teachers of, of even the Holy Spirit even like to creep in. The Holy Spirit brings us close to God. We can call him Papa, Abba Father. It's, it's, a, it's a very endearing term. A son is rich while, while a slave is poor. Look in verse 7 of Galatians chapter 4. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. A son is rich while a slave is typically poor. Since we are no longer slaves, but adult sons in God's family, we draw an inheritance right now. Have you ever gone to the bank and made a withdrawal? When we make a draw? Man, sometimes and it's something that we're going to get. Like, I need this, and I'm going to make a withdrawal, and I'm going to go get that. And, man, we get excited. Sometimes we get nervous. But we, we can get excited. When we make a draw on his inheritance right now, it's a spiritual withdrawal that's being made. It's spiritual. The riches of his grace we see in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7. The riches of his glory, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. The son has a future, a servant does not. In all that our adoption is not final yet. What do we mean by that? We are waiting for the return of Jesus Christ and the redemption of our bodies. Yes, the redemption of our bodies, to be made whole. What he's saying in seven verses is, hey, Galatians, hey, believers, I'm not there. And they're trying to trick you. They're trying to take you backwards. They're taking you back to kindergarten once you've grown thus far. Hey, Galatians, all in seven verses, he's saying, all you need is Jesus. That's all you need. I'm not a, I'm not a Christian t-shirt fan because sometimes I wake up and I'm not in that right 
mindset. So I, I see Christian shirts, and, and I, you know, I tell you these stories in times past where Carl and I, years ago, we watched a lady who had the Lord's gym shirt on, scripture on the back, and she was given customer service an earful with some four-letter words. She should not have worn that shirt. She was, she was not representing Christ at all that day. And so sometimes I see these shirts and I go, ah, ah, you know, and yet I wear a Crosspoint shirt just about every day. It's a reminder. I will keep you honest. I'll tell you that much. But I bought a shirt for camp this year because it fit with the theme of what I was going for. Have you seen this shirt? It says, y'all need Jesus. You seen that shirt? Yep. I bought one of those shirts. And, um, and not just because it said y'all, although it did work down there. And I really stared at that shirt. I was in the room getting ready for my chapel. I really stared at that shirt. And I was like, man, I don't want to be too loose with it. But at the same time, that says a lot. I mean, you could read that and go, y'all need Jesus. Or you can read, at, read it and go, y'all need Jesus. And, and, and it's endearing. Depends on how you read it. Kind of like a text message, isn't it? Paul is saying in these first seven verses to the Galatians, hey, Y'all need Jesus, and that's all you need. That's what he's saying. But he had to take them, watch this. I said the, 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 the Judaizers were trying to take them back to kindergarten. Paul took them to college to help them to dissect who they are and where they are and how they got there. Don't forget who you are as a child of God. It'll wreck your life. It will wreck you. You'll start walking, and you'll forget who you are. You are redeemed. I love this. Um, in Greece here on Thursday night, uh, there's a, we're talking about different areas. And in grief, sometimes you can lose your identity. You don't know who you are. You, you're, 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 you're grieving, and perhaps you lost a spouse, and, and now you're like, I don't know. I've always been so-and-so's husband. I've always been so-and-so's wife. Or I've been so-and-so's dad. And you can lose that identity, and that's real. I, we we under, fully understand it. And we share this thought in grief share. A lot of people can't answer this question anyways, and then you throw grief on top of it. And the question is this. You ready? Who are you? Who are you? A lot of people don't really do that deep dive and that deep look into their heart to answer that question, who am I? So we, uh, I shared that on Wednesday night. Usually, uh, when we ask open-ended questions on Thursday night, they kind of you got to think about it for a moment. And I said, I'm going to ask this question with a hand of us full of us around a table, and that was, a lot of people can't answer this question. You add grief on top; it can be even harder. Here's the question I want to ask at the table tonight: Who are you? One lady was going, "I know who I am." She jumped on it. I said, "Go! What do you got?" She goes, "I'm a child of God." She didn't even hesitate, didn't have to think about it. It got me stirred up, didn't it, Peg? I, that is exciting when you see people who know who they are, and then you don't forget it. That's the problem. We forget it. When you remember who you are, you heirs, and you have all these things he's, he's talking about in verses 1 through 7. Now, here's my dilemma on today. I'm trying to get to verse 8. And now you're thinking, how far down past beyond verse 8 are you going, is what you're thinking. We're going to stop there.
for today in order to have be able to share information about our uh, informational business meeting. We're not having a formal invitation as well. But I want to share this with you. The word of God was read this morning. Are you in the family or are you not? That's a decision only you can make. Have you forgotten who you are? Paul is ringing the bell to these Galatian believers to call them to remembrance of who they are. You can do this. You can live your life God-honoring. To me, when you're here and you're following and your sp my spirit bears witness with your spirit that we saw in verses 1 through 7, that you are a child of God. I'm sorry, that's in Romans. He's given them all the indicators of who they are in the proper place of the law. That should be an encouragement for us today. For the believer, that should put you on the track today. But if you're wayward right now, speaking to the believer, it's one step back. It can feel a thousand miles away, it's one step back. It's recognizing where you're at and who he is and watch the two come together. And anyone here or on Facebook, you're still kicking the tires on this Christian thing. You're like, I, I know the terminology, but I haven't, I haven't gone all in. We want you to know, as of right now, it may not be too late. The word of God's been read. Is the Holy Spirit working in your life? We're more than willing to meet with people and talk these things to make a cognitive, faithful decision that will radically transform your life, regenerate your life. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? Dear Lord, again, we are grateful for um, this church. We're grateful because you've brought us here. You brought us together. You've taken the time to meet with us. You've interrupted our lives. So help us to make application right now as we, our minds are quickly going to change at the end of this prayer. We're going to be thinking about other things. But I pray that we follow through, spiritually speaking, as it relates to our lives. Because we love you and we need you in our lives. First and foremost, we want to lift up you, Jesus Christ, saying thank you. Do a work that only you can do. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. We will, Pastor Roger, if we could, we'll do announcements after, because I won't be but five minutes. Um, we want to take this time, and uh, we're not going to transition. There's really nothing to transition to. This is informational. I would say to those on Facebook, uh, this is... Um,